Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into the final episode of Shout the Buffalo Bills football podcast brought to you by Tops Friendly Markets with the best burger deals in town. With over 30 ready-to-grill burgers, Tops is the place to pick out the juiciest, most delicious burgers in town. From beef and turkey to chicken and veggie, you'll find something for everyone. Taste the flavors of the world with unique toppings and twists on the classic burger. Tops World of Burgers is yours to explore. All right, Ryan. We did it. Camp is officially over. We had the final practice out there today. Uh, I watched it. We have a lot to talk about from it, which actually was surprising because they weren't in pads. So I, I didn't know how much we'd be able to glean from it and whether or not they would have kind of more, uh, you know, uh, a fast Friday approach to the final day of camp practice. But a lot of things happen. We'll get into it today. Yeah, looking forward to it. Like you said, final shout episode of Bill's training camp. And it was a pretty eventful one, Matt. It was, and I, I think we, we don't have to waste any time here uh, just setting things up a little bit. We have a bunch of topics we're going to get to. We might uh, throw in a little bit of a uh, look ahead to Saturday's preseason opener against the Colts, and then we'll take a couple questions uh, from our uh, Shout uh, Bills text insiders uh, that have been submitted uh, this morning. I've already gotten them all of my observations. You can join and become an insider right now, 716-528-6727. Uh, you get a two-week free trial, and then it's uh, $3.99 a month after that. Micah Hyde splash play today. You know, one of the things that we've been talking about, hearing about from Bills fans, and a little bit of apprehension about the return of Micah Hyde, because even though he was getting really himself ready to play at the end of last season and into the playoffs, he never did make that plunge. And so when we see Micah Hyde on a football field for the first time, it is going to be a crazy thing for Bill's fans because it's been almost a calendar year. And today I think he really reminded everybody just what it means to have him back there. Uh, when, when opposing teams try to take deep shots and Josh Allen, you know, was looking for Stefan Diggs. He uncorked a, a bomb and it was a, a really good throw, Ryan. It was one of those ones where, you know, they probably make that if anybody else is, is on the field except for Micah Hyde. But I got flashbacks of the new England Patriots game because 
He just started sprinting towards the catch point, met Diggs there, breaks up the pass, incomplete pass, huge play for the defense. It was a really nice moment in practice for Micah Hyde. Yeah, you know, Micah Hyde's been a popular topic on our subtext group too, the Shout Insider, Matt. And how is he looking? How is he doing? And he's been great throughout training camp. And, you know, we, we got to speak with him early on in training camp. And he talked about after the surgery, he talked uh, recently with the surgeon about it. The surgeon gave him the you're going to be fine type of deal. He says he feels better than he's felt in years. He doesn't have any of those aches and pains uh, in his neck or anything like that that he's had been dealing with. And, Throughout training camp, he's been flying around on the field. And today, last day of training camp practice, less than ideal conditions in in the rain and the in the wetness. Uh, he gets up, he gets downfield, and he breaks up that deep shot to Stefan Diggs. So it's just a reminder that he is such a, a key part to this defense, man. And, and he can still make these big plays. He and Poyer and Trey White back together, you know, all on the same field for the first time in, in quite some time come week one. Yeah, and I, and I don't see any hesitation in his no. game, which I think like when you're coming back off of that injury, now he's had a lot of time to recover. Like he had a pre- a couple weeks of a like a, of a ramp up in terms of practice last year. Then he went into the off season training program, and now he's had the ent- entire spring and summer to get himself to a place of confidence. But that's what I think you're looking at more than anything. And it's interesting because Sean said that the plan is to play most starters on Saturday against the Colts. What that ends up looking like, I don't know. He's, he already ruled out Diggs and Josh Allen. I think guys like Poyer and Hyde are guys that you probably want to hold out to, but I also think there might be some value in getting you know, Micah Hyde to shake some of this rust off, get back out there, and, and just see what it looks like. Yeah, I would give him the old Josh Allen treatment from last year. One series and you're good. Get him out there. Get him a few reps against Anthony Richardson and the Colts. Richardson starting for Indianapolis on Saturday. Uh, in case any Bills fans didn't see that announced yet today. Uh, get him a few reps, but you don't need a lot. And listen, we've talked about the depth of the safety position. Let Taylor Rapp get a lot of uh, work at the safety position. Let DeMar Hamlin and Dean Marlowe uh, and, and the other depth behind those guys play the majority of the game. But I agree with you that you want to get him some reps, shake the rust off, uh, let him work with Poyer again, but you don't want him out there too long. Um. Lot to get to on this episode. If you have a question you're watching on YouTube, we want to give you guys love too. Make sure you uh, drop it in the comments. We will try to get to it as well. We got some uh, uh, subtext insider questions that we'll get to as well. Kind of a weird day today, Ryan, from an injury perspective, because mm-hmm. there were a couple of kind of scary moments in practice that I think, you know, based on how things looked at the end of the practice, it wasn't as much of a concern first off Leonard Floyd coming up a little bit uh lame on a on his right leg foot something going on there kind of like limped off walked off slowly was working it out on the sideline I don't believe he returned now they were late in practice so maybe I, I you know maybe the expectation would be that he wouldn't return but it looked like he was in good spirits it looked like he was moving around on it he was kind of like testing it out on the sideline and smiling, laughing, uh, even had his helmet back on at one point. So I don't think super serious. Um, We're waiting for an update on him. Then it was Stefan Diggs, who after one play, and he wasn't even involved in the play, he was down on the ground, like kind of like crouched over and kind of like in child's pose, just kind of like rocking back and forth. And I I don't know if our trainer was like working maybe out of cramp or whatever. He got up, kind of had a big smile on his face, ran to the other side of the field. 
Um, and then after practice, he told a few reporters uh, that he was feeling okay. And then Terrell Bernard, which I think is probably the biggest storyline injury-wise coming out of this practice, he leaves the field early, goes into the medical tent before team drills even starts, and he does not return for the rest of practice. We saw A.J. Klein in there with the second team. Tyrell Dotson uh, was in the first team, and then Balen Spector kind of worked in and mixed in as practice went along. This is a huge development, Ryan. This was supposed to be the showcase game coming up on Saturday. Um, that's kind of a scary proposition for a player in year two that really has to make a lot of plays to try to make a run at this position battle. In this and, and yeah, and you feel for Terrell Bernard because you know initial depth chart he's listed as the the co-starter initially or uh, with Tyrell Dodson. This was going to be a big game for him on Saturday. I, I'm not sitting here saying that it's a serious injury or anything like that, but to to leave the final practice the way that he did and not return after going into the tent, it's worrisome. I guess that's the best way of putting it. And uh, you're hoping. It- it's something that's minimal that he can still come out there and, and play in at least two of these preseason games coming up, if not all three, uh, because he is right in the midst of a battle for a starting job, a, a job that he fought hard for all offseason, had a really nice spring, has had some moments here at training camp this summer as well. Uh, and I don't think Tyrell Dodson would just want to be handed the job, you know, it, under those circumstances, kind of the competition end on that type of note. So it's definitely disappointing if this is anything serious. You hope it's not uh, because you do like the the Bills' depth there or the talent, the rotation that they could employ in season. Uh, you know, it does open the door a little bit for Bale Inspector to get more reps. And he is a player that you and I both thought he popped at times when he was uh, on the field for the Bills with that first team defense. So it could at least uh, help him in terms of giving a showcase to the coaching staff against a uh, an, another team, not your own teammates in, in a setting like that. But, you know, a big sigh of, or of relief when it comes to Stefan Diggs saying he was okay. Leonard Floyd looking like he's okay as well. But yeah, you know, the a few worrisome plays today that left, I think, Bills fans holding their breath. Yeah, and I think for, you know, the, the Bernard situation, looking at how this maybe changes the complexion of that competition, like I see AJ in the comments, saw him out of practice today. What's up, AJ? Uh, asked if Dorian Williams might have an opportunity uh, and Balen Specter. I think this means more for Specter than anybody because Williams just hasn't, gotten any chances at middle linebacker throughout training camp. And he's almost predominantly working now um, and not not even almost entirely at outside linebacker. So I just don't think it's something they're going to add on his plate at this stage. And we saw AJ Klein, a guy that they believe in a guy that's been in their system. No, could probably help coach that position in that, and that spot in the defense at this stage of his career that in a bind, they can put him in there too. And, you know, maybe it's something where, you know, they get out, of, they, they avoid a, a long-term thing. He can work back from it and you'll have two more preseason games to evaluate things. But um, as of right now, it's, it's, it's a situation that Tyrell Dotson obviously has a huge opportunity because he's probably going to get a quarter, maybe more. And then Balen Spector jumps in that, probably that number two spot. And, you know, coaches have talked about Babbage and McDermott about the command in the huddle what they've seen from Spectre, a seventh-round pick last year, the jump in that part of things. I also think that there is a real benefit to him staying at the facility all offseason and how much he probably understands the defense even more than he did a year ago. And I'm sure Bernard was around too. I don't have the, the, the details on that. But it's one of those things where 
if if you're Baylor Inspector, I feel like you're ready for this opportunity. This could be like a pivotal moment in that competition because I almost think that in a way, Ryan, let me let me spitball this with you for a moment. Do you feel like that the fact that this is still a competition, does that say something to you about how there may be feeling about Dotson in that role? Yeah, and we talked pre-show about a comment made by Sean McDermott uh, today's presser, and it might not have been about the linebacker position, but about you know it, certain competitions, a specific player, players have not stepped up and created the separation that they were hoping. So maybe, I mean, maybe that is kind of a putting the the cornerbacks, the linebackers, any other competition you can think of on notice, kind of saying. You know, no one here individually has really taken that leap to show that they uh, are the true starter for this team or that they are they should be whatever the case may be of the position that they're fighting for. But in the case here of Dotson, maybe that was calling out the linebacker position. And I'm not going to say that it opens the door for a bail inspector, but bail inspector could get two quarters of play potentially on Saturday with that green dot on his helmet communicating and. I guarantee you, Sean McDermott, Bobby Babich, uh, everyone, Eric Washington, the assistant head coach, you name it on down, they're going to be watching to see how he operates, kind of calling in the plays, make sure everyone's lined up properly. And like you said, the fact that he was at the team facility all offseason, I think benefited him from a uh, you know playbook standpoint, a confidence standpoint, obviously working on his body and frame type of standpoint too, uh, entering year two. And this could really be a big showcase game for him to say, you know, maybe I'm not going to be your week one starter, but you might want to turn the keys over to me at some point. Um, speaking of keys, you got to get your know, keys to get in the car to go to a concert or a game. And right now, if you go over to topsmarkets.com, you can win concert and game day tickets. Shop with your bonus plus card and you're automatically entered for a chance to win one of three $500 prizes for concert and game day tickets. Every time you purchase fresh or frozen burger patties from the meat department, the contest is going on right now, all the way through uh, September 2nd, head over to the website to get more details. All right, Ryan, I want to talk about uh pivot here. And I see a question about the offensive line, AJ in the comments. We'll get to that a, a little bit later in the show. I want to transition here to a wide receiver that you mentioned in our subtext line, uh, we've gotten a lot of inquiries about uh, Micah Hyde over the last couple of weeks. Another person that we've gotten a lot of stuff about is Justin Shorter. And, you know, I watched him closely today, again, not in pads, so take this for a grain of salt, but with a grain of salt. He's somebody to me where the arrow is, is pointed directly up on this player. Um, he's a guy that comes into training camp after the spring and, um, Still kind of trying to figure things out in terms of this offense. And we talked to Kyle Allen after practice today, and he's somebody that uh, was working predominantly with Shorter throughout training camp. And he said he's big, he's physical, but it's amazing to watch over the course of this training camp how much more comfortable he feels getting a better understanding of how to operate within the offense and then being able to then unlock some of those physical traits and play faster. And so – I've seen that too, like slowly him starting to really starting to find a way to play more physical with, with guys trying to maybe be a little bit physical with him. Cause when you're trying to figure out what your responsibilities are, what you're, it's hard to get to the spot before maybe a defensive player, a Dane Jackson, or even a, a Christian Benford or even a Jamarcus Ingram who was here all last year, went through all those reps. And so today I thought he really, had a couple of catches where he really battled well. 
He he was quick in and out of breaks, and then he almost had a touchdown, and I would have flown, thrown a flag on Dane Jackson for pass inter- interference. But he's getting a lot of good work, and I think that if he comes out and proves that he could be a special teams, uh, they can rely, rely upon him there. I think he's 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 nearing a lock. I don't. I'm not going to ever go as far as that with a fifth round pick, but he's played really well. Yeah, and it goes back to the first, I want to say, Friday of training camp. And, and I saw him drop a ball early in practice, but then in one-on-ones he made this great play. And then that later in that week, and he made this diving catch. And you could see his confidence slowly building, the way he kind of hit his own helmet to celebrate and got dapped up by Stefan Diggs and things like that. And it's only built over this final week of camp. And today he comes in, uh, has a nice day, and, you know, nine times out of ten, Matt, when it comes to receivers, running backs, whatever the, the position is, the skill player position, when these players come into the league, they all look like they need to add muscle onto their frame, and it's something that they'll bulk up from year one to year two. Shorter looks the part of a veteran receiver in terms of his actual frame, and um, great in, in terms of physicality, like you said, that's going to help him greatly in that area. It's going to help him in a lot of ways. So if he can create the separation out of the breaks, catch the ball, be someone that can be counted on by this offense, you're right. He, he's kind of closing in on that lock status uh, that you want to see. You know, he and Tyrell Shavers, I see a Shavers comment in here too. Uh, I feel like for a third round pick in the in the case of Shorter and a UDFA and Shavers, the Bills have found some guys that potentially could be contributors for them down the line. I don't know how much of a role uh, you'll see out of Shorter this year in this offense in terms of where he is in the pecking order, but he's can be a core special teams player as a rookie, get mixed in here and there. But looking long-term, 2024, 2025, if that trajectory stays the same, the Bills might have found a few guys this year. Shavers had a drop early uh, in the individual today, and you're just like, ooh, you got to hang on to that. And But the funny part about it was a little bit wet out, uh, yeah. raining a little bit at the start of practice, so maybe just kind of getting used to that a little bit. You know, Trent Shearfield continued. We talked a lot about him yesterday, but he continues to be somebody that, you know, Early in practice, early in team drills, you're looking out there and it's like, oh, there's Gabe Davis. There's Trent Sherfield. Where's Stefan Diggs? Oh, they're running some you know, packages with those two guys in the field. And I, to me, that is the kind of stuff that I think makes Sherfield so valuable to this team. He's a reliable target. He'll fight at the catch point, although uh, Kyer Elam had a really good rep against him. Pass breakup. And I don't know if he was – if the offense didn't like how physical he was being, if the offense didn't like maybe some post – play comments but Stefan Diggs like chased him across the field all the way over to the defensive sideline and they exchanged some words for a moment and I it looked like a little bit of a skirmish but I didn't see any pushes or punches thrown but I think a part of it is too just like last day of training camp like getting some of those feelings out Shane Ray and Tommy Doyle had a full-blown shoving match uh at one point I thought Sean McDermott was gonna blow it early but he didn't um but I, I didn't react too much. I didn't even tweet about it. It's just like that's that's part of the last day of camp. Yeah, it's the emotions kind of running wild for everybody. But uh, real quick, Trent Sherfield, in terms of the free agent additions to this team in the offseason, you, you'd be hard-pressed to name another player or two that's had a better summer than Trent Sherfield. He looks like he is poised, Matt, to uh, have some kind of role carved out for him based on how well he's played even if it's just someone that you can bring in and trust him as a blocker and occasionally get him some passes his way, he's had a really, really strong opening summer with the Bills. Uh, Adam on YouTube asked, do you think Kyle Allen might look better in preseason than he has so far in training camp? And 
I think definitely uh, I, there's a possibility for that. And, you know, I was really interested talking to Allen after practice today, Kyle Allen. He was asked, like, what did you what have you made of your performance so far? And he kind of was just like, it's been what I expected. You know, there's a lot to download in a very dense Bills offense playbook. Um, there's been a lot of install over the last uh, few weeks. And then you go out into practice, you try to apply a lot of it. And so some of the mistakes, I, I don't know if the team views the mistakes the same way that fans and media do, because you're hoping that though you you erase those mistakes in the game. And so it, 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 he seems very confident still, like he could come out and, and really dice up the cold secondary and, and maybe figure out some things, maybe even get some reps with some of these starters because Josh Allen's not playing and, you know, raise the level of play around him. Yeah. I don't want to say nowhere to go, but up, but I mean, he left a lot to be desired at camp and in our opinions and some of these practices, but you just mentioned it. He's going to play with a lot of first team players, whether that's some of the starting offensive linemen, whether it's, uh, some of the first wide receivers off the bench after Stefan Diggs, some of the running backs, that's going to help bolster his play. It's going to help him. You're going to have actual NFL starters out there around you. And that's one of the hardest parts of evaluating these backups. Yes, they're going against the second team or the third team when they're out there as well. And you think that would benefit them, but they're also playing with guys that aren't going to be on this team uh, at the end of the month going into the regular season. And, and there's some, you know, talent issues here and there or offensive line play that leaves things to be desired too. So getting him out there with the starters is going to be a great evaluation tool for this coaching staff. Uh, I think he can put a lot of fans at ease if he has a solid performance on Saturday. Um, speaking of solid performances, I've really been impressed with the camp of Andy Isabella and he's continued mm -hmm. it throughout. I, and, you know, I, I might have been watching out for him a little bit more today because I, I my ears perked up when Sean McDermott was asked about Isabella today and uh, Sal Mayorana from the DNC. He asked, is Isabella's way to make this team on special teams with, with his ability to return punts and kicks? And he responded and said, well, not only that, but like, you know, what he does as a receiver too. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about his game. He moves differently. Like when you watch him the way that he cuts on his routes, the quickness, the elusiveness, it, it's all been on display. I mean, this is a former second-round draft pick. He absolutely dusted Alex Austin in one-on-ones today, Ryan. Like, it was for a series of – he chained like four or five different moves in this route, and then he's absolutely wide open down the field. And, um, you know, he had a couple of plays in, in team drills as well, and he's just – he's been a really – under the radar, fun guy to watch. And I, I think it comes down to what do the Bills want to do at punt return? Do they want to put that on Hardy? Do they have, you know, $6 million 2023 plans for Hardy in the offense and maybe want to go in a different direction like they had planned with Naheem Hines? Lots to consider there. Tons to consider there. And, you know, I'm not making excuses for Isabella, but he was buried on the depth chart as a rookie in Arizona. Uh, he did not play with the best quarterback. So maybe this is just like, hey, I have an opportunity to play in a much better offense, uh, a system that maybe uh, lets me utilize my skill set a little bit better. Because like you, I was impressed at how quickly he acclimated to this offense and started getting second team reps at times. Uh, he's been very sure-handed in the return game, the, the practices that I attended. The speed is noticeable. So th there's a lot of things that can work in his favor. But again, he's someone that you would not put anywhere near lock status. So a strong preseason, however, 
can get him in that direction, if he has a big return, if he hauls in a deep pass on Saturday or in one of the later preseason games, those things matter in a race where there's going to be a handful of spots where the Bills have to say, okay, if we bring this guy on, what can he do? And not just be our number six uh, wide receiver or whatever it is. Can they help on special teams? What else can they do? The more you can do, the better. And Isabella checks a few of those boxes. Um, we mentioned Sean McDermott's comments about, you know, some of the position battles and maybe guys not separating themselves. How much do you think he was referring maybe to the cornerback two spot? Because I, I do think we've seen a lot, a, a healthy mix of all three guys. Um, I think, I think we've also seen maybe even a little bit more Benford and Elam the last few days. And maybe that's just because we saw so much of Dane at the beginning of camp and they know what they have in him, but you know, the fact that Elam and Benford are still, you know, playing as much as they are with the first team is because I don't think um, Dane has separated himself. Do you feel like there's there should be frustration on the Bills coaching side because there hasn't been somebody that stepped up and, and really taken that spot? Yeah, I, I think it's fair to have frustration on their end. And you could argue, well, you should, you know, maybe you should have narrowed it down at one point like you did at linebacker. Uh, but if they had done that, Christian Benford wouldn't have been able to kind of re-enter. I don't even want to say re-enter the picture, but the way he played at the end of training camp uh, really solidified his chances of potentially winning that job. Three interceptions over two practices and uh, being in the right spot, making the right read, showing a lot of confidence in in terms of his responsibilities. But you have Dane Jackson, who you said early on he, he was starting a lot with that first team. He is that reliable option. But maybe you were really hoping that, one, he would be able to show that he was still the best option. Uh, Kyrie Elam, you invested a first-round pick in this guy one year ago. I think they gave him a, a fair amount of opportunities throughout training camp to kind of say, prove it to us, show us what you can do. And, you know, he, he's made a few plays here and there, but today he was accused of being a little bit handsy at times. Uh, at practice, I saw a few beat reporters kind of put that out, and uh, that could be an issue in season. Drawing flags is the last thing Sean McDermott wants something to happen to his defense, uh, extending drives to the opposition. So if he hasn't shown growth in that area from year one to year two, that's a concern. And, you know, Benford has just been very solid, like I mentioned. So all three guys have had their moments, but not one person can we sit here and say, Man, he's had an outstanding camp. And we can say that for certain players on this team. The Gabe Davises of the world, who, you know, he was already number two wide receiver on this team. Uh, some of the star players. There are guys that have really, okay, this guy looks like he's poised for a big season. The Ed Olivers of the world. But in these competitions at linebacker, at cornerback, even uh, at guard, I can't sit here and say that some, one player has really outperformed the other or others in the case of cornerback two position. Um, AJ wants to know who we think starts on Saturday. I really think it's going to be Elam and Benford, and maybe they don't even go with Dane Jackson, or maybe Dane Jackson and, and Elam uh, get the first go. So we've seen mostly Dane Jackson throughout training camp, so I would expect that to be the case. And if they want to continue that evaluation – they'd probably want to see both of them uh, in that spot. So we'll see. They probably want to see a lot of Alex Austin in this game too. I would imagine yeah. he plays the entire second half. But I'm thinking ahead. Like, if Dane Jackson doesn't win this competition, and if, I, if you're asking me to project it right now, I don't think he will. Like, I think Benford or Elam end up winning this job. So with that in mind, 
what do you do with Dane Jackson after final roster cutdowns? He's a good dude. Like he'll take whatever the results of this thing, probably in stride, be ready to play if his if his number's called on. But if you're Brandon Bean, like we talked about this a couple months ago when I put out a, a 53-man roster projection and kind of hinted at a, a, a potential Dane Jackson trade, is that a move you make? Then knowing what you have in Ingram, a guy that's really feisty, competitive, um, a developing guy in your system, getting more comfortable, he has a strong preseason. And then you have Elam and Benford as guys that one of those guys isn't going to be on the field most likely if you go with one. And then maybe you can match up specific. Or do you want – that depth of Dane Jackson still on the roster in case something goes, goes wrong. Yeah. I think I'm in the latter camp. I would still want that depth on my roster. Cornerback is such an important position and secondary overall last year. You saw how bad it got for the bills in terms of injuries and getting dinged up and some serious injuries throughout the year that might stick, stick in the back of Brandon Bean's mind and say, okay, you know, uh, Yes, I'm sure there would be a few teams interested in someone that has as many starts as Dane Jackson, someone that still has some upside to his game uh, in maybe another system, this, that, or the other. But I'm thinking of how they, you know, it took a while for them to get Trey White back last year and they lost in the previous uh, year on Thanksgiving and how they lost Micah Hyde for the season. Poyer was beat up. Like I said, secondary overall, not just cornerback. You have to weigh those things, and if you can have someone that has starts under their belt that you have confidence in, if someone, one or two people go down, he can come in and he can play you know, a sizable role without missing a beat. Those are kind of guys that I would be looking to keep on this roster, especially because Dane Jackson's not breaking the bank. Uh, it's not a contract that you're trying to get off the books if he doesn't win the starting job. We, we've seen the passion about uh, Dane and Levi Wallace before him from DB's coach, John Butler. And it might just be like a the reason why I think that there's even a, a chance of it happening is because I feel like sometimes you just got to like force the issue a little bit if you're the general manager, because I know that they trust Dane, but I and, and, and at times he's been really good. But where he excels is an area of defense that I don't really think they need that piece from their second cornerback like. Of course you want to be have a competitive tackling cornerback and you don't want to lose a game with a team running all over you. But there's, you know, this is a better defensive line. You have Matt Milano. You have that secondary, that, you know, behind you in, in the Hyde employer. So um, I just think eliminating him from the situation, uh, if one of these two guys wins the job, is, you know, also goes into future years. Like, are you going to re-sign Dane Jackson after this season? You're going to give him a multi-year deal? Are you going to give him the Levi Wallace two-year, $8 million deal? I don't see that being in the card. So um, I think that's going to be really interesting to track. I think there's a couple of trade candidates. We'll get into that closer to the final preseason game because, you know, you talk about the way a guy like Cortez Broughton has played. Uh, you talk about a way uh, about the way that, you know, some of these, there's a lot of interior offensive linemen to try to, pick through and we haven't seen a lot of nick broker yet he's been pretty much buried on the third team uh the seventh round draft pick this year but man if he comes out and has a really strong preseason what kind of pressure does that put on a david edwards and ike butker uh a greg mance like some veterans that are there on the inside so a lot of it's this is the fun part right over the next couple of weeks trying to figure out the ways that they can manipulate things as they get to the final 53 
Yeah, simply put, it's a good problem to have that you have so much talent and have so much depth, but uh, that's also the hardest part of the job is letting good players go, knowing that in some cases you might not be able to trade them away and another team's going to uh, scoop them up before you have any chance to do anything with them in terms of you know being a veteran on the practice squad or if it's a younger player, sneaking them on to said practice squad. We got some questions from the subtext here. See here. Got to bring up one that I just copied over from Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Gabe Davis has made the team comfortable enough to not pursue a wide receiver if someone good becomes available either by cut or trade? Um, so I guess that question is in line with pursuing uh, somebody right now, like in this window before 53 man cutdown. And I think that's completely off the table. Um, from the play of Trent Sherfield, how comfortable they are in using him to, um, you know, Gabe Davis being looking like a, a, tr- a training camp darling. I mean, he had another day today, six catches. I, I think I had him down for, um, he looked apart. I mean, I think we're closer to an extension for Gabe Davis if they can find the right number than we are to them looking to add more players to the spot. I mean, you know, Shakir has been up and down. Deontay Hardy has had some good moments. Some, you know, I, we mentioned the drop on last the other show. They got a lot of depth at the position now, uh, and uh, and a guy like Shorter and Shavers, who we talked about at the top, you know, guys that are maybe unproven guys that I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to get in the mix too at some point. Yeah, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if in the next few weeks before the start of the season, Gabe Davis signs an extension. I think they have that much confidence in him, and he's given them reason to be confident based on the summer that he's had and. You can tell the ankle's no longer hampering or bothering him. He's coming out making a lot of plays. And, yes, there's a, a drop here and there um, that you'll see that you'll, you know, if you're a Bills fan, you want to pull your hair out. But he's also made so many catches and so many big plays at training camp along the sidelines, down the field, you name it, he's done it. And I think he's had a strong enough summer where that, that's definitely off the table. If the Bills were ever to trade or for a receiver, it'd be close to the deadline. That'd be if there's like an injury uh, or, you know, something along those lines. I don't think it's because of a lack of confidence in the personnel that you currently have. Um, the next question that came from Jeffrey, uh, do you feel that um, if they do feel that way, will they try and sign him before um, the season? And we talked about that. Um, the other question is about Kincaid, who I actually had in my notes and I wanted to talk about. So this kind of lines up perfectly. Um, do you think Kincaid surprised the coaching staff and team by how much he's caught on and performed so quickly? Uh, what's realistic to expect on how big of a part of the offense he will be after such an outstanding camp? And I'll let you start. I'm going to say yes and no, which is kind of a cop out to the question. But I think, yes, he's surprised them in how quickly he has understood this offense been able to get out in the field, make plays, develop chemistry uh, with Josh Allen, show that he could be an impact player as a rookie. Uh, and then, you know, the no part is the Bills did their homework on him. They did their due diligence. They knew that he had unbelievable hands. They knew that he was a very good athlete. They knew that they could use him out of the slot as kind of a bigger Cole Beasley in addition to as a traditional tight end. So, they did so much homework on this guy that I think they knew how good he could be. I just don't think they realized how good he could be this quickly. Um, being a, a playmaker for them for a good chunk of training camp. Yeah. I, I think the Kincaid 
expectations inside the building, despite Ken Dorsey's comments, which of course he walked back and we talk about it was always super high. Like, I don't think you get aggressive the next year to go after a guy. And then actually I was listening to Dawson Knox, who was on with Jeremy and um, Joe earlier in training camp. And he said the bills called him up a couple days before they made the pick and said, listen, if this kid's there at 27 at the time, um, they're going to go and pick him." And so I think if you did that kind of homework and you were that excited about a player, I think that the expectations come with that. And so leading into this, this, this training camp, this is what I felt like we were going to see from Kincaid based on the way they not only drafted him, but then how they built in other parts, new parts to this offense in the off season, how much they've talked about 11 and a half personnel and getting Knox and Kincaid on the field at the same time. Kincaid was always going to get this kind of work and he had two touchdowns today in, in 11 on 11 uh, down by the goal line. The first was a one-on-one uh, rep win against Matt Milano. And then uh, the second was a batted ball, ball up in the air, scramble drill where he's uh, comes up with the catch and the touchdown. So it was, you know, this was always to me the plan for Kincaid. And I still think that Bills fans as a whole, from the from the conversation that I'm I'm kind of watching unfold in the subtext on social media, is that I still don't think people really grasp how big of a part of this offense he's gonna have. Yeah, and you're always hesitant when it comes to the tight end position, uh, especially the track record of success there. But I, I really think you could be in for a monster year as a rookie. All right, we got a super chat here from Thomas Falzone. Keep up the great work, guys. Excited to see the first preseason game. Hope my uh, the team can continue to grow in the red zone and on third down uh, conversions. We'll be watching those closely uh, this Saturday uh, in Orchard Park. We'll have a post game. Uh, episode of shout for all of you make sure you head over to tops right now their weekly ad is out topsmarkets.com you can shop all your local favorites get deals on all kinds of exciting products he's ryan i'm matt this has been an amazing training camp thank you so much for staying with us we'll see you uh real soon saturday in fact